Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome to this segment of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are at ISM 2017 in Orlando, Florida, and we are going to speak with Mike Brack. He's Group Vice President, Commercial Enterprise Sales with Jaeger. And we're going to be very excited, and I think the small to mid-sized enterprise is going to be very excited to hear some of the things that Mike Brack has to share about Jaeger. Mike, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for having me on today, guys. We're excited that you're here. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Jaeger? And then we've had some pre-show discussion with Mike about some of the things that he can do for small and mid-sized enterprises, and we really want to delve into that. Sure. Jaeger is an a, uh, end-to-end e-procurement solution that attacks 100% of a company's spend. What we try to do is help companies save money and also get their spend under management in terms of contract, compliance, and uh, managing their risk. Okay, okay. And when you say uh, under contract, what are you talking about, Mike? For uh, what you want to make sure is if you have contracts in place, you have certain price points, you have arrangements with companies contractually that you're adhering to those contracts. You also want to make sure you understand when your contracts expire, and you also want to understand what special terms and conditions you may have under contract with the suppliers. Okay, okay. Are you involved at all in the... Uh, negotiation of contracts that a particular manufacturer may have with their vendors? Uh, we're not involved in the negotiation, no. but we provide the software that allows them to load their contracts in, to manage their contracts, that help their attorneys write uh, and manage terms and clauses within their contracts, and also make sure that uh, they're in compliance with their contracts. Nothing, nothing worse than when a contract something happens in a contract where you're on the hook for something that you should have known about prior. <laughs> yeah. a lot we get a lot of those calls after the fact yeah, you brought up an interesting point uh, about terms and conditions so I'm going to jump into that for a minute yeah. uh, we have a metals company all metals and forge group uh, and we produce open dive forgings and sell them to multiple industries one of the things and I've been doing it for five decades. And there was a time when there was almost no such thing as terms and conditions. And it's been getting worse and worse and worse to the point now that we we get contracts that have 30, 40, 50 pages of unreadable legalese that are pure gotchas. So as a result of our ISO uh, registration and uh, last year, ISO uh, implemented uh, risk assessment and risk management to their uh, uh, program. Uh, we had to take a look at risk management and risk assessment. And so we started studying these are, are, uh, TNCs. They are impossible. They are only meant for one reason, and that's to trap you. So we've now turned it over to our attorneys to come up with something, a one-doc, one-page, I'm sorry, not one-page, a ten-page response that we don't like yours, but here is ours. 
<laughs> and let them read a 10-page document that may say nothing. So that's the long way around the bar barn. So do you run into those types of situations with regards to terms and conditions? Um, absolutely. So there's a couple different ways, right, in terms of contract management and managing uh, terms and conditions or a company managing how they write clauses. So in terms of a, a, contra a contracting group using our solution to help them understand what are things they can accept or not accept, mm -hmm. um, we assist companies in do that. Uh, we have clause library that they can repurpose and reuse so right. it doesn't, you know, uh, impact them too much. Now, if you put the shoe on the other foot, which is um, what is the dynamic between the supplier, right, and the person that they're contracting with, um, we face a lot of the, you know, as our company, uh, with a lot of the bigger companies that we do business with, right, they provide us, you know, 75 pages of sure. legal terms, and you're supposed to live with that, and obviously we have a much shorter version of that. Um, it does get down to leverage and really having a, a discussion around what is fair, equitable uh, business terms that everyone can accept. But it is uh, a, a dynamic that we see getting uh, worse and worse in the market because sure. of how risk-adverse the companies are becoming. And you're looking for every possible thing that could go wrong, and they you know, are trying to unilaterally you know, push that. Uh, on their on their business partners, so that's a it's it is a it's dynamic. A it is it's absolutely big. It's becoming a bigger and bigger issue with um, not only the legal terms, but I'll say I information technology compliance, also and uh, how that part of the business is run, and how they interpret risk and risk assessment and uh, terms and conditions they want around that. Uh, I address this. Uh, a problem with a customer of mine a couple of weeks ago talking with the uh, director of purchases and I told him I said there are 40 pages that we've had three people going over for three days find that a good part of your terms and conditions have nothing to do with our product mm -hmm. he says well that's true he said we wrote one document that covers all the types of vendors that we do business with and that should take care of all of our terms and condition needs. I said, yes, but I don't want to be responsible for $5 million insurance on a logistics company or a truck hauling the goods that I sent you at some point in time. And he's, he told me what to do, and uh, I did it. But the point is that this is a huge problem, huge time waster. Oh, I, absolutely. In terms of unlimited liability, and we see that all the time in uh, agreements and contracts, even in our business. And if you're dealing with, uh, you know, some of the biggest companies in the world, unlimited liability could, could be a <laughs> yeah, right yeah. billion. Could be a, quite a big problem. And also indemnification language. I mean, um, no, your point's a point's a good one in terms of uh, the boilerplate approach that may not be germane to your business, some of the things they have in there may not even make any sense for your business. They, so, they do not. And uh, it's then it becomes the, you know, uh, equitable, legal, yes. But then you, but you're signing it. Yeah, yeah at some point, it uh, depends upon your, uh, your risk and uh, the balance of that risk and how it's been interpreted. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. that, that's very comfortable. I, I appreciate your input on that. I don't want to dwell on <laughs> terms and conditions. You can tell I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, when you say that Jagger has a 100% end-to-end solution, what, what does that mean? And are, you're, and are you talking about supply chain procurement end-to-end solution or what? Yes. One of our biggest differentiators uh, would be around the supply chain spends. Most of the procurement solutions in the marketplace are built for indirect procurement which are the more simple buys. We're very interested in manufacturing, in the supply chain, the direct materials, uh, transportation, packaging spends, and uh, some of the more uh, complex things. So we do everything from supplier management to spend analysis, uh, strategic sourcing, uh, contract management, which I mentioned, and then even uh, e-procurement, accounts payable. So you have a whole closed-loop system in procurement, and a real differentiator is, uh, I'll call it the uh, 80-20 or 20-80 rule, right? In most cases, companies really source, uh, they spend 80, 80% of their time sourcing 20% of their stuff, mm-hmm. when it actually should be the other way around. And uh, we, we take a look at those those types of issues and how we solve those uh, for companies, and it's a very uh, differentiated uh, offering for us in the marketplace. So if you were to pick up a potential client, but let's say it's a medium-sized company, 40, 50 people. What's the first step that you go through, just so our listeners have an idea of what they would have to uh, deal with in regards to creating a program for them? Um, one of the first things we would do is come in and just talk to them about their business in terms of what their challenges are and areas they're trying to improve. Uh, we always like to think about it as a you know, consultative uh, we also like to help companies understand the value that we bring. So a lot of times we'll work with them, uh, we'll call value assessment, right? We'll, we'll go in and talk to them about the different types of things we could do for them and make some recommendations on the areas that we may want to attack first. Um, these days I, I think that everyone is becoming more aware that you have a, a global economy. You have to look at your business holistically. And the better the intelligence you have in your business, the better you can run your business. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's generally our approach. So we try to go in and a uh, uh, very uh, pragmatic approach to understanding what a company's facing, what they're trying to do. And, uh, you know, best thing you can do is what the top guy's trying to do, right? What CEO is uh, aligned to what the CEO is trying to accomplish. Do you, when you go in and you do an analysis, do you get much pushback from upper management? When you say you're doing this wrong, you don't say it that way, but you're doing this wrong, and, well, this is the way we've always done it. Well, I think it's, uh, I'll call it uh, sensitivity analysis. When I call it sensitivity (laughs) analysis, so you can point out things that uh, they can improve upon, but then the actual return, you want to ratchet down the actual return and get them to agree to something that's very safe and minimal. And then you can come to agreement. I mean, uh, no one wants to live with something where you tell them that, we, you know what, your business is, uh, we can save you like 25% because it appears you're you know, running a loose ship and you guys are wrong, wrong, wrong. So the whole idea is, you know, uh, say you did you know, spend analysis and you understood and you aggregated your spend and you leveraged that when you did uh, sourcing or procurement, right? What's the kind of return you could get out of that? Or if, uh, if you took that information, you understood your supplier base better. And you're able to work uh, and negotiate with suppliers. You had better information from your suppliers. Like, what efficiencies and savings are you getting in those areas? And what do we normally see? But then the conversation is, what are you comfortable with, right? 
because what you do, you want to give them a number. They're not. That's when everyone seizes up and they want to hide your stuff in the drawer, <laughs> right? And, they, and uh, they, you know, you don't go, you don't go very far that way. You know, so. you know Mike, if you used a couple of uh, examples and you made a couple of comments, I want to go into. What's the what's the smallest number of employee organization you would work with? And completely aside from that, if I heard you right, you said something like one third choke. <laughs> did I did I hear the one third? No, no, what? No, uh, one one throat to choke. A lot of, uh, uh, so a lot of the uh, uh, you know uh, mid smaller to mid sized organizations, uh, they're not going to have uh, a lot of the uh, resources to hire the big consulting companies, right, to come in. Right. So essentially, what they want is someone to come in and work them fairly quickly. To you know, to deliver a, a return on investment. Right. So, I mean, we have some uh, I'll call it shared services organizations or purchasing co-ops. Right. I mean, those uh, those organizations have you know, 50, 100, 150 people on the mm-hmm. low end. Okay. Um, and then you know, uh, a lot of companies are also on uh, the 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 mid-sized companies are looking for alternatives to uh, SAP slash Ariba and Oracle and the, and the big guys. Right. They want something that uh, they can build upon. They want something that they could start with the parts that are important to them, but then have an extensible platform to build on over time that delivers fairly fast value uh, to them. Right. It's not something that's going to cost them millions of dollars and take them years. Right. They want something that might take weeks and start right. to deliver value and there something that's very tangible they can they can get their arms on. So we run the whole spectrum and we work with you know mid-sized companies up to you know biggest companies in the world. Where are you located? Uh, we're actually headquartered out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Hey, why don't you give our listeners your URL address? It's uh, www.jaggerjaggerer.com. Good. Well, this Glad you didn't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a trick question. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> we don't play gotcha. No, no, no we, we, we changed our name recently from, uh, we used to be PsyQuest, so the, we were rebranded. So I almost, uh, almost, gave you the other, almost gave you the other web address. Ah, okay. I saw a slight hesitation there. <laughs> so if any of you have heard the name PsyQuest out there, it's now Jagger. Correct. Uh, yes. Check them out. Uh, well, Mike, this is great. You know, helping out, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see what the big guys are doing. But when you're not a big guy, which is, you know, 90% of the market, if not more, then you're kind of stuck waiting for this trickle down to occur in technology before you can implement. So I'm glad to see that Jagger's got something that could be implemented today. Yes, absolutely. Neat piece, neat piece of software. Well, thank you for being on Manufacturing Talk Radio. We appreciate having you here. Pleasure. Thank you, Thank guys. you. Thank you. And we've been speaking with Mike Brack, who is the, the uh, Group Vice President of Commercial Enterprise Sales for Jagger. They can be found at www.jaggaer.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.